Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Shella. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. You know, Shella, 2020 has been a fairly trying year for almost everybody. That's true, Matt. It's, it's been rough. And so when we hear of good news, we want to share it because we could all use a little bit more good news in our lives, I think. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We're joined again by Terry Joyce, who was on our September 29th, 2020 episode, talking about the Cleveland building trades. Today's exciting. This is something special, and I believe something special in Terry's life. Absolutely. So we welcome Terry Joyce. Hi, Terry. Hi, guys. Hey, thanks for having me uh, aboard here. Uh, I love the work you're doing. Uh, Listen to all your episodes and uh, always excited to see what you guys are breaking next. Well, we always start off talking a little bit about our guest background. I know you've been with us before, but for those that may have not had the opportunity to listen to your first podcast, why don't you fill us in a little bit on your your background? You know, I joined the Labors in in 1987, uh, uh, fresh out of school and uh, went went to work uh, in the Cleveland area. I uh, actually did some college up in, in Loyola, Chicago, but uh, came back to the labors. And uh, in 95, I was uh, uh, appointed a business agent, held that for 20-some years, and then uh, ran for uh, secretary treasurer. And then uh, about 10 years ago, uh, my predecessor retired, and uh, I was appointed business manager, and I've run, I think, uh, three times now. For that position. So just an honor to represent uh, the hard working men and women uh, of the laborers in the Cleveland area. Terry, I just saw where, if, if you can tell me if I'm correct or not, but 310 just kind of celebrated a, a big anniversary, like your 95th anniversary, November 9th? Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, we actually commissioned a, a study from Cleveland State. Uh, John Kilbane, my predecessor, did. Uh, we used to be local three and local 10. So we're, we're probably over 100 years, but the fact that when they merged, uh, they merged to become 310, and uh, we, uh, yeah, we're around our 95th year, shall we? Yeah, a great, great, great catch on that. Well, we know you're doing a lot of things well up there, and, and to honor you, you've been chosen as the Irish Echo 2020 Labor Award winner. I got the call from uh, President O'Sullivan, and he, he said, uh, you know, he was nominating me and, and many of you, uh, if you don't know Terry, he's a tough man to say no to. So uh, I, uh, I agreed uh, to go be up for the award and uh, I was chosen as that. And, uh, you know, being a first generation, a, a son of, uh, of my mother and father who immigrated from Ireland literally with the clothes on their back, um, eighth grade education and landed in this country and... Uh, built themselves a home and uh, raised a family. And uh, so it's, it, 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 does, it does tug a little bit at the heartstrings to see uh, basically the Irish Air Echo is the, the foremost Irish American newspaper in New York and, and services the whole country. So to be recognized by that paper has, has, has been a, quite an honor and uh, I'm, I'm definitely humbled. Can you tell us a little bit about the Irish Echo, like some of the items that they cover, you know, some of their news items or the, the things that they like to uh, get out to their readers? Yeah, so really Irish, the Irish Echo really covers uh, the, the diaspora, as they say, of uh, immigrants uh, that have come over from Ireland, whether, 
you're myself, first generation or second or third generation, but they'll have, you know, uh, throughout the year, they'll just recognize the impact that Irish Americans and Irish people have had on the formation of this country from digging the canals and building the railways to the highest offices uh, uh, in, in the country. So it, it really just follows kind of uh, our heritage and the impact it's had on America. I just did one of those uh, DNA, like the 23andMe test, and I had always thought that I was mainly German because, you know, you hear stories all the time and your family talking about, you know, these ancestors or whatever. But when I actually took the test, I found out that I was 65% Irish. So that was something new. Oh, my me. God. That's great. I've been, yeah. I've, been meaning, I've been meaning to do that, Shell, one of these days. That's so great that you did that. It, yeah, it, it, you know, it's really interesting. And you see all the, you know, the little bits like the 11%. You know, there's some French in there, <laughs> some different things. So sure. you know, it, it is oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, see, I, I was always told Celt- your name ended in a vowel, so you were Italian. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Terry, you're unfortunately, given the state of the pandemic and everything in the United States, you're going to have to win this award or be presented this award virtually. How did the COVID crisis change the Irish community? You know, I think it's, you know, had a ripple effect across us all, right? I mean, depending on your you know, your job or, 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 or the work that you do, I think, you know, I mean, in the olden days, a lot of the Irish were, you know, uh, uh, associated with the building trades or with the police or with the fires. So we all know that, you know, whether it's ourselves at the labors or our brothers with the police or fire, I mean, we're, we're, we're on the forefront and we are, uh, you know, exposing ourselves and our family every day uh, to this pandemic. So, uh, you know, we can only hope that everybody takes those uh, cautionary steps that I know we do at Layuna and uh, what, what we're finding that other, other trades or other crafts do. So, yeah, it's, 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 been, a, it's been a direct blow. Uh, you know, you, you just got to be ready for it. And uh, hopefully 2021 we'll, we'll see a vaccine and we can, we can get this all behind us. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't wait. You know, there's no doubt that you are so proud of your Irish heritage. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? I know you mentioned your mom and dad coming over from Ireland. Um, can you tell us a little more about it? Yeah, sure. No, like I said, my father with an eighth grade education was, was, was sent to uh, work in the, in, the, in the fields of uh, England uh, picking potatoes. And uh, it was shortly thereafter that... Uh, he came back to Ireland and uh, his sister and his two uncle, three uncles that were in Cleveland kind of sent, sent the money for the flight, you know, and that was like, that was kind of the way they said it. We'll send you the money for the trip. And then my mom uh, on another path uh, took, took a boat over, uh, but, you know, left Ireland. They, they both come from real rural, rural parts of Ireland uh, where other than farming, there isn't much industry. Um, and, you know, in families of, both of them actually had families of eight. So in families of eight, you know, there, there, there wasn't much left. There wasn't much on the farm to sustain everyone. So, you know, you, you, were, you were sent uh, to other parts of the world, really, uh, to, to make a living for yourself. And uh, I was fortunate to go back almost every year when we were younger uh, because my grandparents were still alive. And 
just to watch that dynamic uh, as, as, as left a imprint on my life of, you know, how hard that was for them. I mean, they, they said goodbye to their parents, you know, every year for 40 years until they passed away. And, you know, I mean, the, the trip from their homeland to the airport, you, you didn't talk in that car. I mean, that was a, a solemn, solemn car ride. And uh, they were always, you know, they, if it was up to them, they would have stayed, you know, uh, right where they were born. I mean, my father was born on the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, his front door is the Atlantic Ocean. And my mother was born on an inland lake in, in Galway, uh, a, a, a lake surrounded by four mountains. I mean, just something right out of a postcard, you know, where you, you just... Uh, you know, you, you'd never leave there unless you had to. And, and they had to. So, uh, you know, but they were proud of this country. My father, if he was asked to fight in a war for the America, he would have when he was alive. He was so grateful what this country gave him and gave his family. So uh, we're, we're equally proud to be Americans as we are to be Irish. I know the pictures you see of Ireland, Ireland is just beautiful. Do you still get to go back? You know, I'm, I'm fortunate, Shell. I do. I mean, uh, my niece actually graduated from Ohio University and moved back to Ireland. Oh, wow. She actually met a, met a guy from England, and she's living in Sheffield now. Uh, but my sister married a guy from Ireland. So we go back for, I mean, you give an Irish an excuse for a party. You know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna throw one. So, I mean, I go back for all, for all funerals, wakes, and weddings, and... Uh, communions uh so been been real fortunate in my life to get back there as often as i can and i did read something else interesting it, it looks as though your father along with uh, a man named father sean mcmanus had had started the cleveland chapter the irish american caucus he did yeah yeah that's a great that's great research there so the uh irish national caucus was formed to uh, fight for equality for the Irish Catholics in the north of Ireland. So for the listeners that don't know, Ireland is still divided um, and the English control the top six counties in Ireland. And uh, through the 80s, 90s, and even till today, we, we remember Bill Clinton fought for the Good Friday Agreement. And that was because of the kind of atrocities and the, and the inequality that Irish Catholics would have in the north of Ireland. So my dad, uh, being a proud Irishman and his belief that there is only one Ireland, uh, fo uh, founded uh, the, the chapter here with Father Sean McManus, who is still in D.C., who is still fighting for the cause, as we say, a, a, a wonderful man, a man of God, and uh, just uh, been, was a great influence on me and, and watching my father, uh, you know, continue the, the, the great work that America has done leading up through uh, Senator George Mitchell and Bill Clinton in the signing of the Good Friday Agreement, I believe in 98, but oh Lord, don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. It, it sounds like you've got a wonderful family. Oh, thank you. I'm, 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 I'm blessed. And, and my father taught me to be blessed and mm -hmm. to, to be appreciative of, of that, that not you know, not everybody gets that. And I, I think that's one of my joys of representing men and women in the labor movement, because we get kids that, you know, that didn't have what I had and maybe came up the hard way and, and you know, maybe didn't, didn't get a break in a, a lot in life. And a lot of times our union is the break. It is the break for them. 
So to, to watch that and to see that and to help that is just, you know, that's why I love my job. Well, let's dig into that job a little bit. You are the business manager of Labor's Local 310 in Cleveland. What is the day-to-day job function of the business manager? You know, I, 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 day-to-day, I mean, you know, I serve on trustee of our pension and our health and welfare plans. Uh, we started a wellness clinic up in the Cleveland area. We partnered with the electricians. Um, so we actually hired our own doctors and nurses and uh, that really getting that off the ground because it's not quite two years yet um, has really uh, been been occupying my time. But it's just been it's been it's paid itself off in dividends. It's a, it's just great. People are really taking accountability for their own health. Um, you know, you, you get discounted deductibles if you get your yearly uh, uh, physical or your dental exams and, you know, having your own doctor and nurse to, to at your fingertips, there's no reason for our people not to start thinking about their health. So lately, that's 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 really been uh, been uh, my focus. Um, but, you know, just the day to day activities, I'm, I'm actually on my way to meet a developer. There's a famous uh, spot in Cleveland called the Westinghouse Curve an old uh, uh, lighting manufacturer and a building that's been abandoned for some years. So I'm um, going to meet these, uh, these two gentlemen. Um, they're, they're talking about uh, retrofitting it and renovating it uh, into uh, some apartment and some mixed use. So uh, my work, I serve on the regional transit authority or the people that operate our trains and our development director over there is friends with these guys. So he thought it would be great if, if we sat down and met. And, you know, want to let them know that, you know, of the contractors that we have and the people that we can bring to this project. So, boy, my day, uh, another reason why I love my job, I never know what my day has. Uh, I know I know where I'm going and where I got to be, but anytime during that, stuff can get thrown our way. And uh, it's just, it's something new every day, which I love. Speaking about that, what, what are, is your vision and goals for the future for Local 310 and the City of Cleveland? Oh, that's great, great question. So I think, you know, um, we're, we're going through, like I think everybody is, some, some interesting times here. We, we, we got to see how we come out of this COVID. I, I think, uh, you know, we have a four-term mayor that, that I believe isn't going to run again. So we're in contact with four, five, six candidates that are going for that spot. And, uh, what we really want to see and what we will demand uh, from the building trades is a real vision, like you said. Like, you know, Cleveland 20 years ago had about 6,000 people living downtown. Now we got about 18,000 people living downtown. Oh, wow. So that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. But I, I think we can do more. So we uh, met with Gilbane, the national contractor. Uh, Sherwin Williams is their world headquarters. It's in Cleveland. They chose to stay here. They chose to build their world headquarters in downtown Cleveland. They pressed the pause because of COVID, but we, we did find out in this past two weeks that they're, they're, they're recommitting. Uh, they just, you know, I think it's going to be interesting how this workplace looks like, how this workspace looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's, you know, oh, we can all work from home, but I'm starting to hear a lot of pushback from that in the corporate community where now, you know, we like our people coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and and we're telling the mayors that that has to be your driving force. Like, you have to tell 
these corporations that they got to start bringing people back in the offices because that's how restaurants get paid. That's how mm -hmm. trains move. That's how, you know, commerce gets, gets transacted. Everything happens because people come into the city core. So uh, that's what we're really focused on now is making sure that we're part of that discussion that makes sure that that is on everybody's lips and that's going to be whoever this mayor new mayor might be that that they're cognizant that they need to push they need to they need to set the agenda and drive the agenda it helps when you've got a browns team that's actually doing very well and winning and drawn in unfortunately can't draw too many crowds right now but you know that'll lead to some uh some maybe excitement going into next year and bring the, the fans back to town and you've got the calves downtown where they didn't used to be and you know all that stuff leads to to downtown development you've got a casino you've got the rock and roll hall of fame all good stuff all attractive venues for people to come downtown if they don't live downtown oh that's that's for sure i mean i I, there, there, there's a part of me that really believes that some of these Brown players are being robbed of the experience that they would be having of seeing the 70,000 people that hasn't seen a nine and three team since 94, hasn't right. seen a playoff team since, uh, since uh, 2000. And actually a little fun little thing maybe for your listeners is Baker Mayfield's roommate at Oklahoma, Joe Polangi, is a member of ours, Local 310. Oh, so, cool. yeah, I've gotten to meet Baker because of Joe, um, but Baker was quoted this past week in the paper saying, you know, my roommate at Oklahoma told me that this town would go crazy if we could bring a winner here. He goes, and I'm seeing it. But there's, like I said, there's part of me that's like, oh, you you ain't seeing it. But you ain't seeing it, Baker. You <laughs> you would see so much more on any given Sunday uh, with, with these rapid, rapid uh, uh, Cleveland Browns fans. But Hey, we're nine and three. You know the town's a buzz. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to get to a couple games down there. Uh, although it's a little eerie seeing twelve thousand people in a in a seventy thousand place stadium. Sure, it's sure. it's 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 still great. And uh, we're I mean this coach Stefanski and and uh, you know the the players that he's put together and the team that he's got. It's yeah, there's a great buzz in Cleveland. It's exciting. Well, Terry, we know you wear a bunch of different hats, and you've talked about one of them in, in your business manager role. Talk about some of the other boards that you serve on. You mentioned the Regional Transit Authority, but I know you also sit on the sewer board up there as well, right? Yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough. Uh, myself and Dave Wanolowski from the Building Trades, we, we looked around Cleveland, and, and we said labor needs a voice and should be on certain boards. So Dave sits on the uh, uh the elections board and the port authority board, which you can imagine uh, how, how much uh, financing that they give to projects around town. And then, like you said, I serve on the sewer and the and the RTA um, board. So serve on the ACE mentoring board, which helps young kids get into uh, the fields of uh, agriculture, construct architecture, construction, and uh, and uh, we, we we try to inflect that as early as we can into the school system um you know uh, the the country as a whole has has slipped behind in 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 those areas of engineering and uh, architecture so we we push that you know proud of the work that i i do on there and then obviously you i mean the millions and millions of dollars that the sewer and the rta board let out a year in contracts 
it's just great to be at that table and, you know, just to make sure that we're spending taxpayers dollars wisely. And of course that means, you know, not racing to the bottom for bottom feeder con, uh, con, construction companies, you know, uh, getting those contracts to good, you know, upstanding, you know, take care of their people, take care of their community contractors. And that's who we like doing business with. It's just a, it's just a good business practice. Absolutely. And Terry, I, I noticed too that you were a former member of the Irish American Archive Society. And so I wanted to know about the statue that you helped uh, take part in installing of Johnny Kilbane. That's funny. You'll laugh. I'm actually, my meeting with that developer is right down the street from where we did that. So um, I'm sitting really close to where that statue is. Yeah, Johnny Kilbane, uh, first generation, uh, came from Irish American parents, right where actually my father came from. And he's the longest serving uh, heavyweight champion of the world ever. Uh, so he held that for nine years in the 1900s and uh, went on then to run for city council and was very active in his community. And uh, I actually know uh, some of his ancestors. I went to college with, with, with one of them. Um, but just, you know, a great legend of Cleveland and a legendary name. And so, yeah, the archives dove in. We raised a lot, a lot of money. We hired a sculptor uh, in, in, in Dublin that had been all over the world, Paris and, and Germany and beyond. And uh, he sculpted a, a statue of, of, of Johnny in three different phases of his life as a kid, as a boxer, and then as a politician. And uh, he came from an old area in Cleveland called the Old Angle. Um, and uh, so his statue sits in this place called Battery Park now. So it was great. You know, we got everything 100% donated. I got all the laborers in the world down there. They were, they were, they were fighting me to donate their time. And mm -hmm. uh, we got a contractor to step up and uh, meet the ship uh, that came in from through the through the St. Lawrence Channel down the Great Lakes into our port. And uh, we hauled that statue and erected it. Oh, God, it's a few years now, five, six years. But uh, it was really a labor of love. Uh, yeah, I'd say. And, you know, your members are really good about volunteering. It, it seems like if there's a, a good cause out there, they're always ready to jump right in and lend a hand. You know, thanks, thanks, y'all. It's it's just I've been blessed. You know, I I kind of inherited that culture. I, I I believe it's my job to keep that culture going, but we we really instill that in our members constantly. Um, you know, you got to give back, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, when we go to a developer or we go to a building owner, and you know, we want them to know who we are. We're we're not just saying you should use labors. Uh, we're we're saying that. But we want that building owner to go, oh, yeah, 310. Oh, yeah, i seen you guys. Oh, yeah, you helped over there. Oh, yeah, you donated to my church. Oh, yeah, we, you know, every every month we, we have a laundry list of, of people that we give to charitable events. We give to, you know, endowments, foundations. Uh, you know, if, if something's near and dear to our community and to the people that, that let out construction, local 310, you bet your bottom dollar is going to be the first in line. To, to help out. Yeah, yeah. And then I had one other question, which I wanted to ask you about, because I think this is something that sounds to me like was very personal and dear to your heart, is the Pope John Paul Center. Yeah, I have a cousin um, in Ireland, Brian, who, who was born with autism. Um, he's unfortunately, you know, on, on the spectrum, 
he's uh, you know he's he's not verbal, um, so he had to he had to uh, the parents had to send him to a home uh, for his care. Um, they still take him out and they see him every day. But uh, I found out very early on that that home struggles with finances, and uh, I quickly put together. Uh, I'm I'm a big music fan, and I'm a big local music fan, and I'm friends with a lot of musicians. So I was fortunate enough to uh, convene some of Cleveland's kind of best talent. Uh, and for oh my God, did I do seven of them? I did yeah. six for six or seven. So. <laughs> I brought them all together. We, we, we just closed a, a, a bar restaurant that's friends of mine, and we mic the whole place by a professional recorder who didn't charge me anything, did it for the cause. And, uh, oh, I think we raised all oh, I, I Every year we raised 20, or 15, 20,000, and we send that uh -huh. right back to the center, and it literally let them do things like taking them on bike rides or, you know, renting a boat for the day or taking them down the, the country in Ireland and renting a cottage somewhere. So it's just the simple things that I think, I know I do take for granted too much in my life. Um, it, we, 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 we send a lot of money back there to make sure that they could get those things. That is awesome. That that really is. And do you play in the bands too, or? I don't. That's <laughs> one of my regrets. Although I was told to by my parents, so uh, uh, unfortunately we don't always listen to them. And that was a time where I didn't want to be. I was too busy playing baseball and football and basketball, and I didn't think having a guitar in my hand was cool. Little did I know, it's pretty cool to have a guitar in your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Terry, we're so proud of you and so happy for you, and congratulations again. That's Absolutely. that's great. Oh, appreciate it, guys, and thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to share any other good news stories you may have. If you've got a story you'd like us to share on air and maybe even be a guest, send us a note at talk at downwithadig.com. And remember to download us, like us, share us, subscribe to us, and tell all your friends. Thanks for joining us today. Be careful out there. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.